Good morning, Sonship, and welcome to A Course in Miracles daily reading conference call, where we read from the original edition of ACIM, which is published by Course in Miracles Society. Today we are in Chapter 31, Section 4, Paragraph 33 through 42, The Real Alternative. And you can access an original edition by going to jcim.net, and you will see on the menu bar, it says online edition. We gather Monday through Friday from 9.15 to 10.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, where we read each paragraph two times. We also invite our daily lessons, 3.28. I choose the second to gain the first into our study today. And last, we ask that you mute your phone by using your own mute function on your device. So, before we do our opening prayer, has anyone joined the call that would like to get on the reading list or say hello? Yes, Fran, I'm finally home. I can read. Yay! Yay! Hi, everybody. Hi. And this is Carl. I can read. Terrific. Carl? All right, so let me see if I have this right. I have Catherine reading... Lee, Paula, Wendy, Ida, Mary, Fran, and Carl. Do I have everyone? I think Catherine is listening. Correct. Did I say that wrong? I'm sorry. Catherine listening. Lee, Paula, Wendy, Ida, Mary, Fran, Carl. Okay. So in this holy instant, I'm going to turn the call over to Ida to read our morning prayer. Ida? Okay, let's... Everybody breathe for a moment, relax, close our eyes if we feel like it. So this is a Palm Lesson 328, which is called, I Choose the Second Place to Gain the First, and says, it is to him that we must go to recognize our will. Father, there is no will but yours. And I am glad that nothing I imagine contradicts what you would have me be. It is your will that I be wholly safe, eternally at peace. And happily, I share that will which you, my Father, gave as part of me. Amen. 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 Beautiful. Amen. Thank you, Ida. Thank you. Okay, here we go. The real alternative, 33. There is a tendency to think the world can offer consolation and escape from problems, which its purpose is to keep. Why should this be? Because it is a place where choice among illusions seem to be the only choice. And you are in control of outcomes of your choosing. Thus you think within the narrow band from birth to death, a little time given you to use for you alone, a time when everyone conflicts with you, but you can choose which road will lead you out of conflict and away from difficulties which concern you not. Yet they are your concern, and how then can you escape them by leaving them behind? What must go with you? You will take with you whatever road you choose to walk along. Lee, 33 and 34, please. There is a tendency to think the world can offer consolation and escape from problems which its purpose is to keep. Why should this be? 
because it is a place where choice among illusions seems to be the only choice. And you are in control of outcomes of your choosing. Thus you think within the narrow band from birth to death, a little time is given you to use for you alone, a time when everyone conflicts with you, but you can choose which road will lead you out of conflict and away from difficulties which concern you not, yet they are your concern. How then can you escape from them by leaving them behind? What must go with you, you will take with you whatever road you choose to walk along. 34. Real choice is no illusion, but the world has none to offer. All its roads but lead to disappointment, nothingness, and death. There is no choice in its alternatives. Seek not escape from problems here. The world was made that problems could not be escaped. Be not deceived by all the different names its roads are given. They have but one end, and each is but the means to gain that end. For it is here that all its roads will lead, however differently they seem to start, however differently they seem to go. Their end is certain, for there is no choice among them. All of them will lead to death. On some you travel gaily for a while before the bleakness enters, and on some the thorns are felt at once. The choice is not what will the ending be, but when it comes. Thank you, Lee. Uh, Paula, 34 and 35, please. Real choice is no illusion, but the world has none to offer. All its roads but lead to disappointment, nothingness, and death. There is no choice in its alternatives. Seek not escape from problems here. The world was made that problems could not be escaped. Be not deceived by all the different names its roads are given. They have but one end, and each is but the means to gain that end. For it is here that all its roads will lead, however differently they seem to start, however differently they seem to go. Their end is certain, for there is no choice among them. All of them will lead to death. On some you travel gaily for a while before the bleakness enters, and on some the thorns are felt at once. The choice is not what will the ending be, but when it comes. 35. There is no choice where every end is sure. Perhaps you would prefer to try them all, before you really learn they are but one. The roads this world can offer seem to be quite large in number, but the time must come when everyone begins to see how like they are to one another. Men have died on seeing this because they saw no way except the pathways offered by the world. And learning they led nowhere, and learning they led nowhere lost their hope, and yet this was the time when they could have learned their greatest lessons. 
All must reach this point and go beyond it. It is true indeed, there is no choice at all within the world. But this is not the lesson in itself. The lesson has a purpose, and in this you come to understand what it is for. Mm, Thank you, Paula. Wendy, 35 and 36, please. 35. There is no choice where every end is sure. Perhaps you would prefer to try them all before you really learn. They are but one. The roads this world can offer seem to be quite large in number, but the time must come when everyone begins to see how they are Everyone begins to see. I lost my place. Everyone begins to see how like they are to one another. Men have died on seeing this because they saw no way except the pathways offered by the world. And learning they led nowhere, lost their hope. And yet, this was the time they could have learned their greatest lesson. All must reach this point and go beyond it. It is true, indeed, there is no choice at all within the world. But this is not the lesson in itself. The lesson has a purpose, and in this you come to understand what it is for. 36. Why would you seek to try another road, another person, or another place when you have learned the way the lesson starts but do not yet perceive what it is for. Its purpose is the answer to the search that all must undertake who still believe there is another answer to be found. Learn now without despair. There is no hope of answer in the world. But do not judge the lesson which is but begun with this. Seek not another signpost in the world which seems to point to still another road. No longer hope, no longer look for hope where there is none. Make fast your learning now and understand you but waste time unless you go beyond what you have learned to what is yet to learn. For from this lowest point will learning lead to heights of happiness and you see the purpose of the lesson shining clear and perfectly within your learning grasp. Thank you, Wendy. Ida, 36 and 37, please. 36. Why would you seek to try another road, another person, or another place when you have learned the way the lesson starts but do not yet perceive what it is for? Its purpose is the answer to the search that almost undertake who still believe there is another answer to be found. Learn now without despair. There is no hope of answer in the world. But do not judge to lesson which is but begun with this. Seek not another signpost in the world which seems to point to still another road. No longer look for hope where there is none. Make fast your learning now and understand you but waste time unless you go beyond what you have learned to what you have 
to what is yet to learn. For from this lowest point will learning lead to heights of happiness in which you see the purpose of the lesson shining clear and perfectly within your learning grasp. 37. Who would be willing to be turned away from all the roadways of the world unless he understood their real futility? It is not needful that he should begin with this to seek another way instead. For while he sees a choice where there is none, what power of decision can he use? The great release of power must begin with learning where it really has a use. And what decision has power if it is and what decision has power if it be applied to situations without choice? Thank you, Ida. Mary, 37 and 38, please. Who would be willing to be turned away from all the roadways of the world unless he understood their real futility? It is not needful that he should begin with this to seek another way instead. For while he sees a choice where there is none, what power of decision can he use? The great release of power must begin with learning where it really has a use. And what decision has power if it be applied in situations without choice? 38. The learning that the world can offer but one choice, no matter what its form may be, is the beginning of acceptance that there is a real alternative instead. To fight against this step is to defeat your purpose here. You did not come to learn to find a road the world does not contain. The search for different pathways in the world is but the search for different forms of truth. And this would keep the truth from being reached. Thank you, Mary. Fran, 38 and 39, please. 38. The learning that the world can offer but one choice, no matter what its form may be, is the beginning of acceptance that there is a real alternative instead. To fight against this step is to defeat your purpose here. You did not come to learn to find a road the world does not contain. The search for different pathways in the world is but the search for different forms of truth, and this would keep the truth from being reached. 39. Think not that happiness is ever found by following a road away from it. This makes no sense and cannot be the way. To you, who seem to find this course to be too difficult to learn, let me repeat that to achieve a goal, you must proceed in its direction, 
not away from it. And every road that leads the other way will not advance the purpose to be found. If this be difficult to understand, then is this course impossible to learn, but only then. For otherwise, it is a simple teaching in the obvious. Thank you, Fran. Carl, 39 and 40, please. Think not that happiness is ever found by following a, a road away from it. This makes no sense and cannot be the way. To you who seem to find this course to be too difficult to learn, let me repeat that to, reach, that to achieve a goal you must perceive in its you must proceed in its direction, not away from it. And every road that leads the other way will not advance the purpose to be found. If this be difficult to understand, then is this course impossible to learn? But only then, for otherwise it is a simple teaching in the obvious. 40. There is a choice which you have power to make when you have seen the real alternatives. Until that point is reached, you have no choice, and you can but decide how you would choose the better to deceive yourself again. This course attempts to teach no more that the power of decision cannot lie in choosing different forms of what is still the same illusion and the same mistake. All choices in the world depend on this. You choose between your brother and yourself, and you will gain as much as he will lose. And what you lose is what is given him. How utterly opposed to truth is this, when the lesson's purpose is to teach that what your brother loses you have lost, and what he gains is what is given you. Uh, thank you, Carl. Reverend Regia, 40 and 41, please. I'm sorry. Thank you. Did I do that right? Yes, 40 and 41. 40, okay, 40 and 41. Um, there is a choice which you have power to make when you have seen the real alternatives. Until that point is reached, you have no choice. And you can but decide how you would choose the better to deceive yourself again. This course attempts to teach no more than that the power of decision cannot lie in choosing different forms of what is still the same illusion and the same mistake. All choices in the world depend on this. You choose between your brother and yourself, and you will gain as much as he will lose, and what you lose is what is given him. How utterly opposed to truth is this when the lesson's purpose is to teach that what your brother loses, you have lost. And what he gains is what is given you. 41. He has not left his thoughts, but you forgot his presence and remembered not his love. No pathway in the world can lead to him, nor any worldly goal is one with his. What road in all the world will lead within whenever you road was made to separate the journey from the purpose it must have unless it is but futile wandering. All roads that lead away from what you are will lead you to confusion and despair. 
Yet has he never left his thoughts to die without their source forever in themselves. He has not left his thoughts. He could no more depart from them than they could keep him out. In unity with him do they abide, and in their oneness both are kept complete. Thank you, Reverend Rija. And do we have a new reader, please, for 41 and 42? This is Harrison. I will read 41 and 42. Thank you, Pastor Handsome. (laughs) 41. He has not left his thoughts, but you forgot his presence and remembered not his love. No pathway in the world can lead to him, nor any worldly goal is one with his. What road in all the world will lead within? When every road was made to separate the journey from the purpose it must have, unless it be but futile wandering. All roads that lead away from what you are will lead you to confusion and despair. Yet has he never left his thoughts to die without their source forever in themselves. He has not left his thoughts. He could no more depart from them than they could keep him out. In unity with him do they abide, and in their oneness both are kept complete. 42. There is no road that leads away from him. Repeat that. There is no road that leads away from him. A journey from yourself does not exist. How foolish and insane it is to think that that there could be a road with such an aim. Where could it go? And how could you be made to travel on it, walking there without your own reality at one with you? Forgive yourself your madness and forget all senseless journeys and all goalless aims. They have no meaning. You cannot escape from what you are. For God is merciful and did not let his son abandon him. For what he is, be thankful. For in that is escape from madness. Excuse me. They have no meaning. You cannot escape from what you are. For God is merciful and did not let his son abandon him. For what he is, be thankful. For in that is your escape from madness and from death. Nowhere but where he is can you 
be found. There is no path that does not lead to him. Thank you, Harrison. 42. There is no road that leads away from him. A journey from yourself does not exist. How foolish and insane it is to think that there could be a road with such a name. Where could it go? And how could you be made to travel on it, walking there without your own reality at one with you? Forgive yourself your madness and forget all the senseless journeys and goalless aims. They have no meaning. You cannot escape from what you are. For God is merciful and did not let his son abandon him. For what he is, be thankful. For in that is your escape from madness and from death. And nowhere he is can you be found. There is no path that does not lead to him. Amen. Reverend Rija? Yes. Perhaps we can... Stop a moment and, and pray as we begin our time together. We close our eyes and we realize that today's lesson is so in line, always so in line with our journey here, with what we are learning, with how we are awakening It is the real alternative. Today's lesson says I choose the second place to gain the first. Now I've learned in this course and from experience that the ego always speaks first and always the loudest and that the still, small voice within is behind the raucous one and is the truth. It seems to come second, yet my lesson today tells me, quote, what seems to be the second place is first. For all things we perceive are upside down until we listen to the voice of God, unquote. You know, I'm walking in a world made mad by misperception. It believes in sin and separation, specialness and guilt, anger and condemnation. It is an upside-down world in which, quote, it seems that we will gain autonomy but by our striving to be separate and that our independence from the rest of God's creation is the way in which salvation is attained. Yet, all we find is sickness, suffering, and loss, and death. This is not what our Father wills for us, nor is there any second to his will, unquote. There is no second place, no second will in truth, but only an illusion. For, quote, to join with his is but to find our own. And since our will is his, it is him that we must go to recognize our will. Unquote. And so we return to love. And so we, we pray, Father, Mother, God, there is no will but yours. To 
I am glad that nothing I imagine contradicts what you would have me be. It is your will that I be holy, safe, eternally at peace, and happily I share that will which you, my Father, Mother God, gave as part of me. And so it is. Amen. Thank you, Chris. Amen. The floor is open. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Reverend Rita. Thank you, Reverend Rita. Thanks. Thank you, Reverend Rita. Everybody. Everybody who read, too. You know what? Um, uh, this is Reverend Rita Joyant. And uh, the reason I was a, a little bit uh, late getting on the call today was that I was, I was uh, looking over the real alternative, looking over our reading, and what, what came to mind was a story that um, I had uh, discovered a long time ago. It's a children's story. It's called Hope for the Flowers. It's about a caterpillar, and I thought it fits so perfectly in our reading today. And so I don't know whether I, I should share the little story now or perhaps wait for later. What do you what do you think, Chris? I would be you got my attention. <laughs> <laughs> well <laughs> it's it's one of my favorites and um once you I think once you hear about it you may want to look it up and, and share it with your grandchildren or with <laughs> with your family. Um and, and here it is. Uh, I, I've written the description of the story that I've, I've gleaned from, uh, from uh, some synopses because I don't have the book any longer, and I wanted to get it right. I didn't want to depend on my memory. It says, it all starts when Stripe, the main character, first hatches from an egg. He's a caterpillar. He begins his life by eating the leaf he was born on, and he realizes there must be more to life than just eating leaves. He senses there must be a way to get up into the sky. And he searches for a way and finds himself at the base of a pillar made of caterpillars. They're all struggling to get up into the sky as well. And here he meets Yellow, who also wants to get up into the sky by climbing to the top of the pillar. But she's feeling really badly about what they, what they have to do to achieve the goal. You have to literally step on and climb over all the other caterpillars who are trying to reach the top of the pillar as well. And the two of them eventually decide they decide to stop climbing and to go back down the pillar. And so they live together for a while. But Stripe's curiosity and unrest overcome him, and he decides that he must get to the top of the pillar. Um sorry stripe hold on just a moment stripe says goodbye to yellow and he fo- and he and he focuses adapts and drives himself to reach the top and eventually he succeeds at being at the top of the caterpillar pillar this results in disillusionment as he takes in a vast vista of other caterpillar pillars. There's nothing at the top. Is this all there is? 
he has not really gotten to the sky. He, he just has a view of other pillars, other caterpillar pillars struggling to reach the top of their own pillars. And so, however, while he's doing this, lonely, the pretty yellow caterpillar was crawling around in the field. She had gotten down when she saw a caterpillar spinning a cocoon. And she asked, why are you doing that? And the caterpillar said, because I'm going to die. And she said, well, why do you want to die? Because if I die, I'll be born again as a butterfly, he said. It's what you were meant to become. It flies with beautiful wings and joins the earth to heaven. It drinks the nectar from the flowers and carries the seeds of love from one flower to another. And then yellow is in disbelief. Oh, how... How can I believe there's a butterfly within me when all I see is a fuzzy worm? <laughs> she thought about it for a long time. Finally, she decided she's willing to die and be born as a butterfly. Then she wouldn't have to climb the caterpillar. She could find Stripe. So she spun a cocoon and died and was born again as a caterpillar. She found the real answer to the feeling that there must be more to life than eating leaves. And she found out who caterpillars really are. She flew over the caterpillar pillar and found Stripe. He had, meanwhile, reached the top and saw that it was just a pillar. Quote, millions of caterpillars climbing to nowhere. He questions everything. His life with yellow seems so far away. Did she know something he didn't? Could he go back down the caterpillar pillar without looking ridiculous? It's just then that a, a beautiful yellow-winged creature flits gracefully up to the top of the caterpillar pillar and reaches out to him, quote, such impossible thoughts. Yet the excitement inside him wouldn't stop. He grew happy somehow. He could escape. He could be carried away. But as this possibility became real, something grew inside him. He felt he, he shouldn't escape like this, looking into the creature's eyes. He could hardly bear the love he saw there. He felt unworthy. He wanted to change, to make up for all the time he had refused to look at, at the other person. He, he tried to tell her what he felt. He stopped struggling. He turned around, and he began down the pillar. And on the way down, he tries to tell the other caterpillars, there's nothing at the top. Yet they either didn't listen or wouldn't believe him. They say, don't say that, even if it's true, what else can we do? And then there's a course quote. Here's a course quote. Reason will tell you that the only way to escape from misery is to release it and go the other way. So Stripe climbs down off the pillar, exhausted and soul-sick. He awakens to find the beautiful yellow-winged creature. Is this a dream? It's a happy dream. The very real butterfly motions to him to follow, and he does. She guides him to the place where he can see she cocooned herself. He sees the cocoon, and he follows suit. It gets darker and darker, and he's afraid. And yet, yellow merely waits for him. He emerges transformed into a butterfly, and they fly away. 
And that's the story. <laughs> I'm sorry it took so long, but I thought it was just illustrates it's not out there. I'm complete. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much, Reverend Rija. I saw that book when my kids were little or my brother was little or something, but for some reason, and now I know the reason, right? I didn't read the book or buy it for my kids or anything because I was meant to hear it now. So is there a direct, that direct quote from the Course is actually in the book? No, I'm sorry. No. I interjected that. (laughs) Oh, okay. Okay, uh-huh. thank you. Well, somebody either knows the course or knew the ideas anyway, uh, obviously, who wrote the book. I'm complete. Yeah, thank you, Rita. That was so cute. Thank you. Thanks. And you know, yes, thank there's, you. there's another quote actually from our reading today, and listen to this, how, how it fits right in. Uh, For from this lowest point will learning lead to heights of happiness in which you see the purpose of the lesson shining clear and perfectly within your learning grasp. Think not that happiness is ever found by following a road away from it. All roads that lead away from what you are will lead you to confusion and despair. Incomplete. Boy, that's the truth. (laughs) Thank you, Reverend Reed. Thank you. What is the name of the book, please? Uh, Hope for the Flowers. Thank you. Uh I used to to read that book. That's so sweet. I love it. I'll read it to my kindergartners. I'll find it somehow. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks, Reverend Rita. That last quote from today's reading reminds me of my favorite line, here, which is, on some, you travel gaily for a while before the bleakness enters. <laughs> Somehow that really makes me laugh. <laughs> and, and it's nice to be kind of read to, to remind the self of, of your, your childlike innocence. You know, it's sweet to hear children's stories and have those truths come to you in your uh, innocence. Thanks very much for the story. appreciate it. I'm complete. Great. Thank you. I'm not trying to find... This is Rob. I'm not trying to find fault with a beautiful story. But I wish the word transformed had been used for died. Um, Because this is. This is a transformative story. Our lives are built upon what we were mistaught and mislearned and become launching pads for transformation. Um, I, I stick by my conclusion that the world is guided. And just like you, you can't put one part of a piece of Velcro together too soon, otherwise there will be a disparity. 
still as it proceeds in an orderly fashion, everything will transform into that which you didn't know you really wanted to be. And we're so happy afterward that everything that got you there was perfectly arranged, just as the Course says. I'm complete. Thank you, Rob. Thanks, Rob. Thanks, Rob. It's Rob again. We, we can't see the big picture until the mind expands from the, the um, specific to the general. Um, everyone entering a organization starts out as a specific and hopes to proceed to a general. Um, able to encompass that which they have joined with a unified thought. And the mind has to grow to bring this to fruition. I'm sure that this is what we're all here for, a mind expansion, a natural progression implied by the Urantia book when it points out what each person has to do to grow to its potential. And each person has to go through various steps, some looking very strange to the person and some looking even stranger to others, to get to the point where they start to relax into obvious guidance, which is what I believe the Course and the other spiritual things are for. Um, you begin to... At the same time that your mind is expanded to see generality, you are led specifically along a certain path. It's a incongruity that is intended so that you begin to see that this spinning of the cocoon was always there waiting for the right time so that the chrysalis that you have transformed to within becomes something that can now do undreamed of elements of integration, flight, spreading of the seeds of the flowers, bringing the love wherever you choose, because now your mind is expanded to that point. It's, it's a beautiful concomitant story, but there's nothing prettier to me than the Course. Um, I'm, I'm stuck on it. I hope all the rest of you are as stuck as I am. I'm complete.
Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Rob. It's Lee. I like where you went with that, Rob, in, in suggesting that um, there's a, a, a certainty to that process um, for each of us that he's, that he's promising, that there's a certainty that it's not that I have to work to achieve that chrysalis, but that the chrysalis is built in to what I was created to be, that everything that... To, parts from that capacity was um, from what he tells me uh, a willful decision to depart from all that's so in my understanding and explore um, this life and world through the idea of separation in calling this section the real alternative he says you know at a certain point um, the idea of separation becomes tiresome the idea of choosing to be first and letting God be second gets tiresome and I choose the second to become the first and let what um, God would have me behold overtake what I've written as the meaning uh, that the ego has suggested on everything and everyone. It's a, it's a pretty wonderful thing to me that he can suggest that transformation boils down to um, inviting that Holy Spirit acquaint me with what's genuinely so. The very idea that Everything that troubles me or distresses me is the consequence of meaning that I've overwritten onto everything mistakenly is really appealing to me. The idea that the loftiest of achievements, this supreme happiness that he's speaking of, requires only that I quit choosing my alternative um, to the real alternative and that I be guided to understand everything in the light of what's so that that understanding is somehow so supremely fulfilling that it leads me to everything that he describes in the loftiest across the course seeing the world brushed with loveliness understanding the truth of unity, um, beginning to have some concept of what completion, as he's described it in the Course, was always about. That that had never been distant from me except by my um, interposing mistaken ideas between the truth and my awareness. That really appeals to me. In this section called The Real Alternative, it seems to me he's driving home one point, and that is that all that's required to really open myself to this real alternative is to 
come to a place where I understand everything I've pursued has been in accord with one thought system. The thought system had created my mess and had seemed to offer all these various ways to um, escape my problem. But my problem can't be solved within the thought system that is itself the nature of the problem. The separation, the way he describes it in the Course, is the consequence of a choice I made to turn away from the availability of the truth and the awareness of what's so. That's the search I'm on. It's just how can I meaningfully open to what genuinely awaits my awareness when I'm not interjecting all of my mistaken meanings between that awareness, between that reality and my awareness. In this section, the phrase, the world, is used almost 15 times. That's in a single section. So you can imagine how many times he references the world, how many hundreds of times across this text. When he tells me the world was made that problems could not be escaped. I just want to share with you once again, it's beating a bit of a drum you've heard from me often. But if I understand that the ego has taught me to see everything mistakenly, and this ego has taught you to see things mistakenly uh, in commonality with how I mistakenly see things, the consequence of that is a lattice work of mistaken meanings that we begin relating to as though that's the world. All the references in the Course to there being two worlds suggest to me that on the other side of my mistaken perception of everything is the world as it is. When he speaks ill of the world, He's always speaking ill of the world to me, and this is so meaningful to me. It's why, it's why I, I just, you know, it's why I mention it so often. He's speaking of the world as I perceive it. He's speaking of the consequence of the mistaken understanding I have of what everything is genuinely and what it means genuinely. I'm completely and utterly mistaken about what I behold and what I relate to. Beyond this world is a world I seek. Beyond this world is the one that I'll finally make available to me when I quit um, preoccupying myself with trying to find a way out of my issues within the world that I have um, mistakenly made in error and overwritten on top of things as they are. There's a part of one of the very early lessons. It's lesson 12. 
that speaks of the consequence of mistaking everything in accord with the ego thought system. If there is the world as it is, and I don't presently see it or understand it, the consequence is the world that I presently see and relate to is without meaning because meaning rests with what's true and I don't have contact with what's true. So the world that I'm relating to is a meaningless world. There's a single paragraph in 12 I want to share with you. It says, I'm upset because I see a meaningless world. What is meaningless, he says, is neither good nor bad. This is paragraph 8 in Lesson 12. What is meaningless is neither good nor bad. Why then should a meaningless world upset you? If you could accept the world as meaningless and let the truth be written upon it for you, it would make you indescribably happy. But because it's meaningless, you're impelled to write upon it what you would have it be. It's in this, I'm sorry, it is this you see in it. It is this that is meaningless in truth. Beneath your words is written the word of God. The truth upsets you now, but when your words have been erased, you will see his. That's the ultimate purpose of these exercises. It's so important for me to remember that when he speaks of the real alternative, he's speaking of what can become present to my awareness past all that I've written on the word, on the world. The idea that if mine were removed, I could see the word of God written where they've always been and that that leads me to indescribable happiness, that represents for me, in line with both today's lesson and in today's reading, what he describes as the basis for my deliverance, that's the real alternative. Thanks, guys. I'm complete. Thanks, Lee. Thank you, Lee. Uh, I have a Thank you, Lee. I have a question. No. Thank you, everybody, for letting me ask this question. Um, uh, Lee, um, when we were talking with Anna yesterday, or whichever day it was, but she and you were discussing how so many of the students of the course feel this world is meaningless, and they're wrong. I mean, I feel they're wrong. To me, it has a lot of meaning, and yet I'm hearing that right now from you, that it's meaningless. So... I have an idea, but would you like to explain in, in terms of what we said with Anna, how, how that works out to be true? Thank you. I'm complete. Um, that's a perfect discussion for an after call, um, Ida, but, I, but we've got uh, so many people with us, and I, I would just love to hear from others. Okay. Um, thank you. Thanks for the question. And I, and I just want to um, clarify across this paragraph. If he tells me the world is meaningless, he's, he's telling me within this paragraph, if you don't yet understand what meaning is, naturally it can be said the world as you relate to it is presently meaningless. When that's understood, 
And it's only when that's understood that we're capable of completely opening to what it is um, rests beyond all the meaning that I've written across everything. Thanks, I'm complete. Yes, that's perfect. The world. This is the, this is the crux of the whole thing. world is the way you see it, and beyond that is a real world, the way God sees it. You do not, as the FIP tends to tell you, have to die to see God's world. You have to do what you just said, Lee, open to the world that is being covered by your illusion of the world in your mind. I'm complete. Thanks, Rob. Thank you, Rob. Yeah. Thanks, Lee. Thanks, Rob. Thank you, Rob. Thank you. I love being reminded it's my perception. Uh, Sometimes I start thinking that there are two worlds. One is bad and one is good. Then to be reminded that it's my perception uh, sets me straight. (laughs) Thanks. Perfect. Thanks, Fran. Thank, thank you, Fran. Lee, there, I, I got to tell you, <laughs> the two words that, this is Sharon, the two words that really did it for me in your share were indescribable happiness. That woke me right up. Whoa, yeah. Thank you for that reminder. Thank you so much. I can't tell you. I'm complete. Thanks, Sharon. For me too. That uh, that really stands out. If I you could accept the world, if you could accept the world as meaningless and let the truth be written upon it for you, it would make you indescribably happy. Yes. Say it's Chris. So um, it's it all comes back to it's an inside job. And everything I'm projecting out is like a mirror. And that if I see the world (laughs) the way that I'm thinking is the way it'll show up. And I think what woke me up today is, Ida, if you will go back to the share that you talked about your mom, how you said when you started to see her, I don't want to change your story, so I'll let you take it from here. I'm complete. Okay, Chris, were you talking to me, Ida? I sure was. Okay, okay. Well, what I was saying in the last call was that, um, well, I had a difficult relationship with my mother for a long time, very difficult. I may not be saying it the way I said it before, but it's the truth. And, um, you know, the point that when I was 14, I'd be running to our room, and God knows where my sister was at the time, because it was her room too, you know, and slamming and, and you know, locking the door and writing, and writing. I hate my mother, I hate my mother, I hate my mother. And um, 
all this and wanted to run away, but I was afraid to do it when it was illegal, so I was waiting until I was 18. And then I was scared to be in a distant town with nobody I knew. I didn't run away very well. <laughs> and, then, and then I got, then I called them and my mother and, and Grandma Ida were crying and sobbing and begging me to come back if they changed the situation in the house and all that. So I came back, but um, I stayed there until, you know, I was married at 23, but um, and part of the reason I came out to Arizona in the first place in 93 was to get away from that control that always telling me what to do, what to wear to school, what, fixing my buttons, doing my chores over for me, all this stuff that was just intolerable for me. And, uh, and then when I moved out here, well, it was before cell phones and they didn't want to spend all the money to call me long distance, so they didn't. So I was like, wow, I'm free, you know. Of course, I wasn't free until I'm free inside. But then over the years, um, after I was divorced and, you know, all these things happened and grandma just died and, and all that, and especially after my father died in 204, and I quote-unquote happened to be there on the East Coast when I had didn't have the money to get to the East Coast to get to them in the first place. Well, I won't tell that story, but of course it's that was the Holy Spirit. But um thus so I got to see him before he died and then come back and and be with my mother and my family for the week of mourning and, and making the arrangements and all. But it was very, very hard on her. Um so um, so of course I came back here to Arizona and, and I did start calling her, you know, because I had softened to that point. Now I had missed my father too and everything, but it seemed the worst for her. But, um, she was a widow and, and all this. And over the years, I mean, we got closer and I worked hard on a relationship. That's what I said before. It's but I really, really felt like, well, you know, whether I feel outwardly like I like my mother or not, I'm supposed to be her daughter. So now I took on this assignment, and and this assignment won't be over until at least until she passes from this earth. I was starting to get this feeling, and, and when I studied A Course in Miracles, and always wanted to share the truth with my parents as soon as I got old enough to not fear whatever they would say to me about what my truth was at that at that moment. And then, as you know, I started pretty young on feeling like I found the truth. But so, you know, as time went on, and then eventually she had a boyfriend, which was, you know, someone they'd all known each other before their spouses died, and George was a great a great guy uh, for three years, and, and then George died. <laughs> and uh, so I, I kept calling my mother, and it just, you know, I mean, I don't know what to say. It was just, you know, again, I, I say what what's said in all the great texts, and, and it's amazing how they change when we change, and to stop seeing her as guilty and stop blaming her for hurting me somehow when I was a child by trying to control me and telling me what to do all the time. Because I forgave her for that. I could see, maybe I couldn't see that they hadn't done that, but I forgave her, and... It's really fun to talk to her a lot now, and but when there's something bad going on with her or with me, and then we talk about that, and and I have to keep forgiving her, and, and I'm seeing I'm innocent as I see that she's innocent. She's 86, 
she may be around for 10 years or more. So, and I really want to cherish those years because I always know that in the past when people died and people that I didn't know as much and as long, I had regrets that, you know, I didn't see them more, I didn't talk to them more, if they committed suicide, I didn't try to find out what was going on and help them more and all that. But I don't want to have that about my my mother and I want to, you know, I want to fulfill part of my mission. So, um, you guys get the idea. Thank you for inviting me to share my story and God bless you all. I'm complete. Thank you, Ida. Thank you, Ida. Ida, that was so beautiful. I think we need a prayer. What do you say, Reverend Rija? I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we'll just, uh, we'll just close our eyes and come together. We are joining one another in this beautiful communion of souls. There are no accidents, and we are together right here and right now. We open to remembering the love that we are, that we all are, and why we are here to, to forgive. And forgive meaning to see the perfection in everything and everyone. I let all things be exactly as they are. How blessed this thought is. This, we don't need to struggle. We can already so. We just have to remember. <laughs> or have faith. As we join in that knowledge, we release our hold on how we think it has to be. And we choose to make our will one with the will of our Creator. There's only one will. There's only one reality. There's only one choice. We think there's so many choices, so many roads to take. There's only one. And it's to align ourselves with the will of God, which which is our true will. You know, love created me like itself. That's my will. I could say, what would love do? (laughs) What would love do? In every moment, someone barks at me. (laughs) They see me as, through their misperception, what would love do? I misperceive someone. What would love do? In every and any instant, in every holy instant, I can ask, what would love do? That's why I'm here. That's the healing of the separation. That's our only purpose. And it brings joy, indescribable happiness. And so it is. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Reverend Rachel. Thank you. Amen. Thank you so much. This is Sharon, and this was the perfect thing for me to hear this morning because 
Can you hear me? Yes, very, very clearly. This is a perfect thing for me to hear this morning because we have a situation that I know now what to do about. We, our Course in Miracles home group meets every other Monday, and the last and the people have to park across the street because we don't have any parking in front of our house. And it is city property. We've checked it out. Um, it's just right, in, right along the street, and there is a woman that gets very angry when we park alongside her house, in front of her house, even though they have a big driveway and a big garage and they don't ever need it, that parking area. And um, last time it happened, somebody keyed, she probably keyed the car of one of our Course in Miracles participants. And then last night there was a big yelling match. And what that says to me the question thank you Reverend Rija the question what would love do is I need to write her a letter and say I I can see that parking in front of your house is making you really unhappy can we talk um, so that's what I'm going to do thank you so much that's so helpful I'm, I'm complete wow thanks Sharon thank you good luck Sharon Thank you, Sharon. Thank you, Sharon. For Sharon. <laughs> you know, this Reverend Regis Joy, it's, it's not the drama. Or we, as Chris and I call it, the, my husband and I call it the drama. <laughs> it's not the drama. It's, it's so much more. You know, it, it plays out in, in things like that. Um, but... You know what's what's the real challenge here? You know, in every situation, you know, the, the uh, what's really going on. And you remember, and we keep telling, we keep. I know, you know on this call, we keep reminding ourselves that every every um, every uh, meeting is a holy encounter. I mean, it is. And he said, if you knew who your brother was, you would you would just fall down and bless his feet. And so this woman is just our is just. Uh, She's our salvation and she's our savior because she she reminds us of what is real, not whether we can park or not. You know, it's like she reminds us to see each other with the eyes of Christ and to know that no matter what the appearance, what's real is going on, is still there. And what a, an amazing opportunity to, um, because when a person attacks, they expect uh, they feel guilty and they expect attack back. And what an amazing miracle it would be to be to have for this person uh, to experience a mirror to see who they truly are. It, he said, "You can be a mirror for each other." And so we don't mirror back condemnation and, and anger and, and guilt and all that that stuff. We we can be a mirror for one another to remind each other who we are it doesn't matter the parking doesn't that that's that doesn't matter what we're given another opportunity to look with the eyes of christ on one another no matter what they're demonstrating no matter what mis you know misperception they're demonstrating so how beautiful you have such a beautiful challenge sharon when you talk to this woman when you're with this woman to uh to see her with the eyes of Christ, and I know you will, and I'm complete. Thank you. 
Thank you so yes, much. Yes, Sharon. It's a call for love. I have a, a, I have another, I have something else I could share from our, our course group is uh, we had a, a new person come and uh, he doesn't, he's not a course, actually he's not a course student. I think we're all students of the course, but we just don't know it. <clears throat> uh, and uh, he, he came at the behest of one of the other uh, in our group. He uh, had expressed the first time he came about he quoted the Bible where it says, a man shall not lie down with another man. And it's amazing because in our group we have a, a, a homosexual, a gay uh, couple, lesbian couple. Uh, another woman, her son married, just got married to another gentleman. And, you know, uh, I think uh, there's, we are so open, of course, and unconditionally loving. Uh, we know we're not our bodies and that love is, is real. And uh, but the way that the group embraced him was so beautiful, uh, and uh, it, it was so amazing. They didn't feel that they needed to correct him, and just lovingly coming from their own experience. They can we continue to come from our own experience and how we've grown and how we've ch shifted. Our, our whole awareness has shifted, that kind of thing. So it's going to be interesting. He came back. He actually came back <laughs> another time last Sunday. So it's, that's wonderful. So we'll see what, what happens. But uh, I just wanted to share that, that uh, this stuff works <laughs> if you work it. And I'm complete. And as we, uh, as we draw t to the end of our time, I do have a, a, a closing prayer if, if we'd like to hear it, but I'll, I'll open the floor for, of course, Chris uh, and, and whatever to, to see who has something to share. I just want to say that I see the divinity in you so I can see the divinity in me. I'm complete. Thank you, Chris. Shall we pray? Sounds good. Okay. Okay. We'll just close our eyes for a few moments and draw all the awareness within. All the external focus. It's like we go into our cocoon. It's still and quiet. And our own little thoughts don't interfere. We're open. We're letting go completely. To be transformed. We learned today of the real alternative. In our world, choice among illusions seems to be the only choice. Yet if the ending point of all these is the same, it will not matter which illusion I decide is better. They're all the same and will all lead nowhere. Quote, all its roads but lead to disappointment, nothingness, and death. There is no choice in its alternatives. Unquote. I think myself to be alone and on a journey far too short and narrow 
before I know it, my children are grown, and I am growing old. I think myself still young within, and yet my body tells me otherwise. And the strangest belief of all is that I can make choices that leave behind all the difficulties I encounter on my journey, as if they were not my concern. Yet very soon I realize they go with me until I make the real choice, which is not offered by this world. All roads in this world seem to be numerous and varied, and yet at some point, quote, everyone begins to see how like they are to one another, unquote. So we pray, Father, Mother, God, now I open to your message and hear your words echo in my soul. My child, forgive yourself your madness and forget all senseless journeys and all goalless aims They have no meaning. You cannot escape from what you are. There is no road that leads away from him. A journey from yourself does not exist. How foolish and insane to think that there could be a road with such a name. Where would it go? Nowhere but where he is can you be found. There is no path that does not lead to him. And This the prayer I give to you. The Holy Spirit leads me unto Christ. Where else would I go? What need have I but to awaken in Him? And so it is. Amen. 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 Thank you. Amen. Thank you, Reverend Rita. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, you. you, everybody. Blessed day.